0: Let me take us through the scripture for today, which is uh, John chapter fifteen, from verse one up to up to up to seven. The true vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit He takes away, and every branch that bears fruit He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. If you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. I, as a, as a branch, cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears very much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is with and is withered, and they gather them and grow th- and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. This is the word. Over to you, Mr Peter Mutaziji, you're most welcome.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Fiona, for for the prayers, first and foremost, but also for leading us uh, thus far. Thank you so much. May God bless you. Uh, you're all most welcome to this evening's uh, fellowship, and uh, we trust that the Lord will speak to us. I am so glad that you could make it. Uh, Let's continue to pray a bit. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful that we can have such an opportunity to learn from you, to learn from one another, to share in your word, uh, to allow your Holy Spirit to minister to us and to give us wisdom and revelation. I pray that as we share, that your spirit will minister to each one of us in our respective places, and that at the end of it all, none of us will remain the same. We pray that you will send forth your word, and it will minister to us at our various points of need. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Uh, Right, uh, my name is Peter Mtuazeje, and uh, it's a great joy always to share in this fellowship, Uh, and we thank God for this opportunity that he gives us uh normally in this uh, evening session we do not have a lot of time so i will be going straight into the sharing uh so that at least we are able to finish in good time and uh to allow you to attend to any other matters so our topic today is abiding in christ the secret of answered prayer, and our sister Fiona has uh, ably read through uh, that text of scripture, and we we going to just to break it down and allow the spirit of God to to talk to speak to us. I I am imagining every one of us wishes that you know their prayers would be answered and not just answered, but answered quickly, <laughs> you know. And so when the topic is the secret of answered prayer, you want to know what secret is that, what tip is that. So we, as we read through and we share, you know, the, the tips, quick, quick tip that Jesus gives us on how uh, we can get our prayers answered, but we all know it's not uh like a standard formula <laughs> by R squared, but I as we share, as we as we uh listen to what Jesus is speaking to us, it will give us a hint of how we ought to position ourselves as children of God, uh especially as we desire that our prayers, our petitions, our plea our uh, 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 pleas are answered. Yes. So um, just to give a context of what our sister read for us in uh, the book of John, the gospel according to John, chapter 15, from verse 1 to 7. Uh, so Jesus, if you you know before that, Jesus is teaching about his status. Uh, as the way, the truth, and the life. You know, this is uh, after Last Supper, if I may paint a picture for you. And uh, really the times are closing in on Jesus. He's speaking to his disciples, uh, some kind of uh, last words, so to say. They're asking questions uh, to someone that, you know, he's telling them, I'm going somewhere. Uh, Where I'm going, there's space, I will come and you'll join me. He's dating them, many things. So Jesus has been teaching his disciples. And uh, if you read John, uh, for example, John chapter 14, verse 6, that's where he says he's the way, the truth, and the life. And he's teaching about the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Chapter 13 talks about the Last Supper. So Jesus knew his time was short. And so he gathered his disciples together and gave them his final teachings. In a sense, you would say it was like a graduation ceremony, you know, from the University of Discipleship. And uh, Jesus was now the keynote speaker on this occasion. And he summarized everything he had taught them. Uh, He told them what they must not forget and reminded them of the essential truth they must remember he also warned them of the the trials and that they were that were coming but he also encouraged them to stay strong in the faith so you would say um, and i know uh, in uh, especially in africa but i think it's a, a humanity thing the words that someone speaks to you before they leave you before maybe before they even die before death those words are considered to be very special words. <laughs> Maybe the words somewhere, the last two words, you know. So in a way, actually when you read John 14, the chapter ends with very a very emotional phrase there. Jesus says, I do not have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. You know, very emotional moment there. But in the course of that emotional moment, as Jesus is giving uh, you know, those final remarks, Jesus illustrates what he has been teaching to them and, and, and was, as was his usual way. Of teaching you know Jesus would use parables would use stories would use illustrations would use uh, analogies so as his usual way of teaching he uses a common everyday picture you know that was that would portray the lesson uh, that he had just taught them and you find that in John chapter 15 that is where we are focused so he gives them the picture of the vineyard and some versions called the, the gardener, but the vineyard and the vine dresser, the vine attendant, the vine, the gardener. So we know Jesus gave several analogies, uh, but this one seems to be among the the, the most uh famous, if I may say. There are many. For example, when you read John, earlier, John chapter 6, uh, from verse 52 to 56, he, he tells people that he's the bread of life. <laughs> so when you read verse 52, uh, it says, then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They asked. So Jesus said, verse 53, I'm I'm, I'm reading uh, another analogy, just to contrast it with the analogy of the vineyard and the vine dresser, just to contrast the two analogies. So here Jesus answers them and he tells them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his cup, you cannot have eternal life within you, but anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is, uh, is true drink verse 56 anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him so very, very rich, deep analogies, some very um, what's the word? Uh, theological you you have to unpack them to to appreciate what Jesus is speaking uh, at this point in time. But we will focus on this one, the vineyard. it's among the famous ones that he used. And so again to 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 go back to it, uh, Jesus, the true vine, He says, I am the true, okay, I'm using NLT, uh, if you find the words not similar to what you have. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Hallelujah. You need to appreciate that these are like last remarks, last final you know, takeaways so that you understand that he's giving it to them in a close range uh, kind of wisdom, you know? Remain in me, and I will remain in you, okay? For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is feared from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I can almost picture him saying, have you understood, children? I am going, but please... Connect, hang in there, stay in the faith. Verse 5 says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you cannot do, you, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. And I think that's where our theme comes from, that you remain on the vine, you remain in Christ, and then your prayers are answered. So in this very portion of scripture, there you could call them characters, you could call them key items that were mentioned in this passage first and foremost we see the grape vine or the vineyard and shortly we'll see what that means the vineyard or the grape vine we see the vine dresser or the gardener and the bible says that is the father god the father that is the gardener he's the vine dresser we see the true vine the true vine is Jesus Christ. And we also see two types of branches. <laughs> the, the Bible says there are those that bear fruit, the fruit-bearing branches. For those, some pruning is done. And, uh, and uh, I hope most of you have had an experience with farming, uh, crop farming for that matter, and pruning agriculture and cutting so that the plant bears more fruit so there are two types of branches there they are the ones bearing fruit and for those he prunes them so they bear more fruit but there are also other branches that are not bearing fruit and for that matter those he cuts off the translation here is cut off <laughs> although there is a. Uh, Another way to look at it, uh, in in some translations, that it may not necessarily be cut off, but that's cut off is what we'll go with. But you know, uh, maybe if I may pause here, I I did not do much introduction of myself. Uh, I assumed maybe most of us would would know me, but I am a member of All Saints Cathedral. I am a married man uh we have children i am married to rachel we have three lovely children the lord has blessed us and i have been at all Saints for some time so for some years now i have been a member of um, what i think are the two most rebuked groups in church (laughs) there are two groups of people in church that i think are rebuked the most and I have been a member of both. The first one is the worship team. <laughs> I am a member of the worship team. And the second one is the prayer team. Actually, at some point, I was in charge of uh, the prayer ministry as a chairperson. So I've been the, I am a member of the prayer team, I'm a member of the worship team. But these two groups, in my view, receive most rebukes. Uh, either you, you are not available. For, for a rehearsal for 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 worship team or you are not available for a prayer meeting or they declared a, a retreat and you are not part of it and so the leaders the leaders would rebuke you sometimes harshly and sometimes people even shed tears because the leader was quite you know rough on them or some of them even abandoned the ministry for good they just say you know I I This is not my portion. And, uh, you know, one of the passages that we commonly use for this kind of rebukes is this one. (laughs) We tell people that, you know, he cuts off every branch uh, that does not produce fruit. You know, if it's a choir and maybe there are people who are not committed and they are not uh, showing up as you expect them you rebuke them that, you know, God will cut them off. He, he does not take no sense. <laughs> and, or uh, well, a prayer meeting, uh, and sometimes we we, 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 we throw all forms of uh, rebukes. The Bible has so many of them. And, uh, you know, sometimes we use Hebrews five twelve. 12. Eh? We tell people, you still need milk instead of solid food. Eh? Verse 12 says, by now you should be teachers. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the first things you need to know about God's word. You know, you swipe them and tell them, you know, uh, or sometimes we, you use Galatians 3. One, you foolish Galatians. Who has preached you? There are many. So, I know people have used this portion of scripture, this uh, gardener Cutting off branches that don't bear fruit, we have used it many times uh, to rebuke. We have used it many times to show people that they must be productive. And I, ha- I work in a bank. I have, a, I do sales. Sales is every meeting is about rebuking. They are telling you you are off your target. You have not met your target. What are you going to do to achieve your target? You are not serious. This is the year is ending you are far behind, it's rebukes, rebukes, rebukes. So sometimes when you leave your place of work, when they have rebuked you and go to church, you think church will not rebuke you. Lo and behold, there is also rebuke. Ah, You are not bearing fruit. The Lord is going to cut you off. But I, today, I, there is a word that I believe God is speaking to us. Today God wants us to understand his heart, the heart of a vine dresser, the heart of a gardener. You know, the expectations of the vine dresser. Even before you go to the side of your prayers being answered. The expectations of the vine dresser, the expectations of the gardener. We love to focus more on the punishment for not bearing fruit. but. This evening, I want to draw your attention to the heart of the gardener. I do not think that God delights so much in cutting off the branch. No, I don't think. I don't think that is his joy, you know, to cut off the branch as a gardener. No, the Bible says, actually, 2 Peter verse 3, I mean, chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed but wants everyone to repent. You know, that's the heart of a father, the heart of a gardener as we will be seeing shortly. You know, this preoccupation with the cutoff I think in Swahili is say, Toa, Toa. You know, it's a military word, yes, but I believe God this evening is helping us to see his heart. You see, Jesus is telling his disciples in verse 3 uh, uh, of chapter 15 of John that you have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. And I, I believe right now I'm speaking to that category of people. You have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And He's using His Word to purify you. He's using His Word to, to prune you. You know, Jesus says, You have already been pruned and purified by the message, by the word I have given you. So the spirit of this analogy, the spirit of the of the gardener, yeah. because Jesus says, I am the true grape vine, and my father is the gardener. Alright? He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. Why does Jesus refer to himself as the true grape vine? Why does Jesus refer to himself as the true grape vine? I I will shed some light a bit on that. Because, you know, Jesus uses very uh, intriguing phrases. Here he's saying grapevine, but if you read the earlier chapter in John, uh, John chapter 11 uh, and up to around verse 12, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am trying to capture the heart, the heart of Jesus, the heart of God, the father, the heart of the gardener, you know. the earlier he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. All right? The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Again, just to create contrast. Contrast between when he says, I am the true grapevine. And when he says, I am the good shepherd. He means good. He intends to show you, oh God, help me, to show you that my intentions are good. I do not delight in destroying. I do not delight in cutting off. It's you who pushes me there. It is not my preoccupation. It is not my first choice. It is not my first line of of application. I hope we are together. The heart of the gardener, the, the heart of the father. Uh, just to for you to understand the whole context of a grapevine, you also need to appreciate the Old Testament uh, understanding. Because in the Old Testament, Israel, as we know it, the nation of Israel, is often referred to as the grapevine, as a vineyard. You will find this in Isaiah chapter 5, and uh, verse 7, and I will I will I will touch some of that later. He says, the vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel, and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. You know, he looks at Israel, the first nation, the firstborn nation. Israel as a nation, he looks at it as a vineyard. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 21 again about Israel, it says, I had planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn against me into a corrupt wild vine? Are we together? So God treats the nation of Israel as a vineyard, all right? However, we know that they were not the kind of vine that God wanted. But where the nation of Israel failed, Jesus has become the true vine. Do you get it? you get the point now? He says, I am the true vine. Yes, the, the children of Israel had their share of challenges, but Jesus now comes as the true vine. He embodies everything that the the nation of Israel were supposed to be. It is fulfilled in Christ. So he says, I am the true vine. Yes, the nation of Israel is a vineyard for the Lord, but he's the true vine. So let me draw your attention to the heart of a a vine dresser, to the heart of a gardener. And uh, there's a whole, you know, discussion on the methods or practice of looking after grapevines. I will not get into that. But I want to read for you uh, Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 5. And you will see the heart of the gardener, the heart of the master. Why is he speaking to us as branches and saying, I cut them off? Before he cuts them off, what does he do? So, Isaiah chapter chapter uh, 5 gives us a glimpse. It says, I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of stones. You see what the gardener is doing. All right. It's a vineyard. He, verse 2 says, he dug it up. And cleared it of stones and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower in it and cut out a winepress as well. Then he looked for a, cro- a crop of good grapes. All right, this is the farmer. He's doing the very best for the vine. He's has set up conditions necessary sufficient for the grapevine to bear fruit that is the heart of god that is the heart of the master he is doing everything for you to be fruitful he's doing even this fellowship we are having he's putting the sufficient conditions and environment for me and you to be productive to bear fruit His joy is not in cutting off. And I I know we we celebrate cut off. Oh, we have hurt people. They have left fellowships. We have said harsh words. We have done all forms of things, especially my church, All Saints Cathedral. All Saints Cathedral has hurting people, I must tell you. And once you try to check some of the things that hurt them, there were reckless mistakes some reckless mistakes. And and that is, the heart of the master is that he creates an environment where people thrive. He creates an environment where the vine bears fruit. Yes? And he says, uh, uh, verse verse 2, the end of verse 2, he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Verse 3 says, now you dwellers of Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. He goes on and on and on. But he did everything for the sake of the vine, of the vineyard. He wanted it to bear fruit. When it did not bear fruit, that is when he resorted to now destroying it. But his heart may be the portion that brings out this better. Uh, uh, and again, I am mindful of my time, is in Luke, Luke chapter 13 and verse 7. There is a very interesting conversation. Again, it's a parable that Jesus gives to to an analogy, to help people understand how the kingdom of God works. And so this discussion in, in this parable, he talks about, you know, the the master who had a fig tree, and uh, the fig tree was not bearing fruit, you know, not just one year, not just two years, but for over three years, the fig tree was not bearing fruit. And so when the master came to this fig tree, he told the servant that, please, this fig tree is not giving us fruit. It is using up space for nothing. Why don't you cut it down? So we pick up the story from Luke chapter 13 from verse 7. Verse 7 says, finally, he said to his gardener, the master, he said to his gardener, I have waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It is just taking up space in the garden. Look at what the gardener did. <laughs> the heart of a gardener is what I'm drawing your attention to. The heart of the father, the heart of our of our our God. Verse eight of Luke chapter thirteen. The gardener answered, "Sir, give it one more chance, leave it another year, and I will give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer." if we get figs next year fine if not then you can cut it down you see the process (laughs) you see the process that the gardener is recommending before cut down all right he's saying verse eight i will give it one more chance Leave, leave it another year and i will give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. That is the heart. That is the heart that Jesus is using to speak to his disciples. That look here, my father is the gardener. I am the vine. You are the branches. All right. My joy is not in cutting you off. No. No. I will do everything it takes for you to bear fruit. I will give you overnights. I will give you teachings. I will give you an environment of, of fellowship. I will do everything it takes for you to bear fruit. That my, pre, my, my, my joy is not in cutting you off. But if you lead me there, yes, that will be it. So, the key, the key to being used of God. He's abiding in Christ. You must abide in Christ. His desire is that you stay on the vine, you branch, but also bear fruit. So there are negative consequences of not abiding, uh, 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 abiding in Christ. There are also positive consequences of abiding. There are negative consequences when you don't abide, but there are positive consequences when you abide. When you read John chapter 15, verse 7 to 8, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. But this, my father, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. So the first thing you see there that when you abide in Christ, you have uh, answered prayer. That's the first thing that you see. Why? When we abide in Christ, then His word is dwelling in us richly, and our prayers will be echoes of His words. You know, you know, you're praying Scripture. You're praying the Word of God. You abide in Christ. You are within the fellowship of Christ. When we are abiding in Christ, we will be in such close fellowship with him that our prayers will be his prayers. You know, Jesus intercedes. What I just read about the the gardener, the servant who uh, pleaded with the master to say, let's give it one more year. That's intercession. That's interceding. That's saying, Lord, these people are not doing the right thing, but please give them another chance. You know? They are not as fruitful right now, but let's let's work on the environment around them. Let's see how they can be more productive. Maybe it is in missions and evangelism, they are not as productive. What must I do to get them to be productive? Maybe it's in the way of, of their ministry generally. How, what can I do? That's intercession. And the Lord is drawing us to that. Interceding. What must you do before you cut off? I am opposed to rushing to cut off, if you get my point. <laughs> I am opposed to rushing to cut off. Because there is a lot more you can do before cut off. So, when we pray to our Father in heaven it will be as if christ was praying to god in heaven and as such whenever we whatever we desire will be the same thing jesus desires and so our prayers will be granted we will not be praying amiss we will not be praying our our selfish ambitions no because we dwell in christ his burden becomes our burden we, we pray the same prayer Jesus would have prayed to the Father. And so it will definitely be granted. It is, it is an amazing thing. But also when we abide, when we stay on the vine, we bear much fruit. And uh, basically what Jesus is saying is that you are safer in my company. You know, you're safer with me. There are going to be many temptations. There are going to be many trials. There are going to be many things that would want to take away your attention. But you are safer in my company. I have a lot more in store for you. Don't dare fall away. The, my, the gardener, my father, is interested in nurturing you. Actually, looking after uh, 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 vines is is uh, tending tending to them the tending has a, a smooth softer way when you're tending to the sheep, it means they are vulnerable but you're soft on them when you're tending to a vine you're you, you're merciful if i may use that word. you you're kind to even to a plant you're you're trying to do the best for that plant to bear to to for that plant to bear fruit so I draw your attention to that, and uh, as as I, I try to to put together as as I plan to to close this, you will read in Psalm number one. In Psalm one. In Psalm one, there is a, a very interesting uh, flow of events. It says, oh, NLT is what I'm using. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. When you follow the advice of the wicked, uh, as a footnote there, you're getting off the vine. When you follow the advice of the wicked, you're getting off the true vine. All right? So it says, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners, or join with mockers. But they they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Hallelujah. Yes, that if I remain in Christ then my chances of success are guaranteed. The Bible now here uses the illustration of a tree planted along the river bank, you know, evergreen, bearing fruit in each season. Why? Because I have remained connected to the vine. I have remained in Christ. I have remained in fellowship. I have remained uh, uh, in the Lord, there's someone who attempted to move away from the lord <laughs> and uh, this example may not fully bring out the picture but i will use it to illustrate to you what i mean you know uh, after jesus is 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 uh, crucified and is buried and uh, the disciples are not sure of what next And so if you read in John chapter 21 from around verse 3, it says, uh, Peter said to the rest of the team, there were seven of them, Peter said to the rest of the team, I am going fishing. In a way, this this vine business, (laughs) this Jesus business, has ended. Let me go back fishing. So, The rest said, we will come too. They they all said, so they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. An attempt to move away from the vine. An attempt to move away from Christ. An attempt to move away from fellowship with Christ. An attempt to backslide. An attempt to walk away from what the Lord has taught you. So, They toiled all night and caught nothing. So verse 4 says, At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples could not see who he was. He called out, Fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. See, I want you to see the heart of this master, the heart of this gardener, the heart of this, vine dresser the heart of the Lord verse 6 says then he said throw out your net on the right hand side of the boat and you will get some so they did and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it hallelujah hallelujah such a warm loving father his delight is not in cutting off he does everything possible to nurture us by the time we draw him to a point of cutting us off we have crossed the line verse 7 says then the disciples then the disciple jesus loved said to peter it is the lord then simon peter when simon peter heard that it was the lord he put on his uh, tunic so on and so on and so forth i am i am trying to move faster but when he joined Jesus on the shore, uh, Jesus says, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. You know, even on the, when they reached the phone, he had prepared breakfast for them on the shore. And what a joy, what a fellowship for a fisherman. Uh, you know, cold in the lake, and now you have a warm place, a warm breakfast with the master. The Bible says, uh, Uh, Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Then he asks Peter, verse 15, After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? The heart of a master, the heart of a gardener. Once you have tapped into that heart, you do not want to break away from the vine. and the Lord does not desire that any one of us be cut off from the vine. What He desires is that we remain hooked because only then shall we bear fruit. Only then shall our prayers be answered. Only then shall we be you know, be able to be of use to the master. but it is not as easy as I close. It's, it's not all rosy. And this is my point of prayer. <laughs> Excuse me. My point of prayer is this. That there are pressures, a lot of pressure for the vine, for the branches of the vine <laughs> not to bear fruit. I am just using the analogy of Jesus. There is a lot of pressure mounted on a number of vines on a number of branches, if you may call them. There is a pressure on our young people, for example. The pressure, unemployment. How do you remain connected? How do you remain in the fellowship? How do you hold on to your salvation under the burden of unemployment and the pressure to compromise and the pressure to take shortcuts? under pressure to yield to those that are promising you employment how do you help a young man a young woman under this kind of pressure how do we help our young people under the pressure the deceptive prophets all over town deceptive but they are the happening places every young person is running to them There is pressure for them to break away from the vine, the true vine. Yes, Jesus is, yet Jesus is saying, it is only by remaining in me that you will bear fruit. How do you support the young people living in an immoral environment, an environment that is immoral? Entertainment, our entertainment industry, very immoral. How do you create an environment around them like the Ghana for them to bear fruit, for them to overcome, for them to thrive amidst pressure? How do you help the pressure for shortcuts to marriage, the pressure for shortcuts to relationships, the pressure? How do you help those that are under that kind of pressure? The Lord is saying, "It is only by remaining in Me, by remaining in Christ, by remaining connected to the vine, that you will bear fruit. It will look like a shortcut. It will look like a quick way out. But trust me, you will. It will not take you anywhere." I talked to a mother, uh, you know, recently, abandoned, and she was telling me, "I have done everything that I should do. What else must I do?" She was burdened, you know, financially. She was burdened by family challenges. And she almost wanted to, to give up. But as I close this, what Jesus is speaking to us, he's saying, please, you can only be sure your prayers will be answered if you remain connected to me. Do not take shortcuts. Young people on this call... There will be pressure of and old people as well of all forms. But it will be so sad. It will be so sad that after we have tested the grace of the Lord in salvation, that after we have tested the goodness of the Lord, if we turn our backs and fall away, it will be so painful. The Bible says it's like crucifying Christ again. So I pray for you, I pray for myself that this evening you will hear the master, you will hear the father speak to you saying I am creating an environment around you to thrive, I am interested in your productivity I am not I am not a burdensome master whose interest is in cutting off, no, my desire is to nurture you Please, will you be willing to remain in the folk, in the fellowship? Will you be willing to remain aligned to Christ? May God bless you as as we desire and labor to remain connected to Jesus. God bless you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Peter. Uh, Thank you for this word that you have brought through to us. We bless the name of the Lord for using you mightily. I think we all agree that the word has been clear, that we must all abide in him. For if we are to become anything, anything in this world, for without him, we are nothing. For he makes everything possible in our lives. And for he is patient with us. For we must stay connected to him not to follow the counsel of the wicked, the mockers, the sinners, but to stay, to do what He desires us to do, to stay connected by doing what He wants, to to do His will, to do what pleases Him and glorifies Him. Let us pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word that You have brought unto us this evening. Father, for the scripture says that, So shall my word be that that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the word that has been brought unto us this evening, my master, shall not be in vain. That it shall come and impact each one of us, King of glory. Father, that it shall not leave us the same way, my King. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, my Master, that we shall, we shall learn, Father, how to abide in You, my King. For we, for You, uh, for in You we live, move, and have our being. For we are nothing without You, Abba, Father. King of glory, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will give us grace, my master, to stay, my master, to stay connected, Abba, Father, and not to heed to the things of the world, not to heed to the counsel of the world, my master. Many a times we go through challenges and we want to give up, my king. But, Father, we have been reminded that we have to stay, my master, that we must stay connected to you, my king. Father, that we must stay connected to you, king of glory, in order for us to to, to to abide to abide in your to 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 flourish in your courts my king for that, for those that for those for those that be in your house king of glory they they, they 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 are blessed king of glory father in the name of jesus i pray that you help us that you enable us my king that you have mercy on us Father, Lord, we have learned that you are patient with us, my King. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that even as we live in this salvation, my Master, that we will not be just on our own, but Father, Lord, you will have mercy on us, that you give us ability, that you enable us, my King, to stay, to abide in you, O God, to trust in you fully, my King, to have faith in you, my Master, that we shall not doubt that you are God. For... You have given us an example of Peter, my king, that when he went away from Jesus, even when he labored, he labored in vain, my king. I pray in the name of Jesus that none of us shall labor in vain, my king. But Father, Lord, that we shall fully trust you, our Father, so that we can have everything that we desire in you. Father, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you help us, God, that you help us even as a congregation, even at a cathedral, my king, Father, that we shall not rebuke others, above Father. For for the for, for we have been reminded that Jesus, that God is patient with us, O oh God. Father Lord, will you give us hearts to be patient with, to be patient with one another, my king? To give one another a chance, above Father. Not to put one another down, but to uplift ourselves, O oh God. Father, for for your kingdom's purposes, Lord Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus that you forgive us, King of glory, where we have put people down, where we have not helped one another, King of glory, to stay my master. We have said things about Father that have driven people away, King of glory, from your service, Abba Father. Lord, will you have mercy upon us, cleanse us and sanctify us of everything, Lord, that that does not glorify you, of everything, Lord, that we have done to push people away, my King. We have rebuked them using your word. I pray in the name of Jesus that you give us Better understanding of your scripture, my king, father, Lord, that we shall not use scripture, king of glory, to push people away, father. In the name of Jesus, I pray for mercy, I pray for grace. I pray, my father and king, that you will help us, that you help us going forward, my king, to know that you are our God, to know that without you we are nothing, to know that if we do not abide in you, we cannot accomplish anything. Have your way in us, Lord, in your mercy, help us, oh God. Continue to help us, continue to remind us. God, that you are our God, and in you we sh- we must live, move, and have our being, my King. Lord, we surrender to you. We pray, my Father, that you reign. We enthrone you. We pray that you take control of every aspect of our lives, O oh God so that we shall ably abide in you and fully trusting in you as our God, as a deliverer, healer, protector. It doesn't matter what we go through, my King. We, give us ability, give us grace to stay to stay connected to you, my King. For if we stay connected in the end, we are victors of God. Lord, we worship you, we honor you, we adore you, we bless you, Holy Name. And Father, Lord, I continue to pray for Mr. Mutwazi, oh God, who has, outpoured himself, my king, and to us, Lord, I pray for a replenishing upon his anointing, my king. Father, I pray that you continue to supply him grace and ability, Father, to do your work, to preach your word, to do exploits for you. Father, I pray for, I pray, Father, and I cover him under your precious blood of Jesus, that you continue to use him, that you continue to reign in his life, uplift him, oh God, and take him to to take him to another level, oh God receive all praise my father receive all glory or honor or adoration and father king of glory i thank you for each one of us here tonight my king but i pray that you bless each one of us father that our being here my king shall not be in vain i pray for our families i pray for everything that we do lord every aspect of our lives oh god i pray father that you shall be glorified in everything that we do see do think or do my king. Have your way in us, Lord. I pray and I surrender everything, Lord Jesus, unto you. Will you reign, have your way, take your place in our lives, in our workplaces, in our families. Father, Lord, you know each one of us. You know our desires, oh God. And Father, Lord, we have come to tarry, to abide in you, to trust in you, my king. I pray that you reign and have your way. I pray, my king, that you answer our prayers. Father, I pray that you continue to help us, to teach us how to pray, to teach us how to do to do your things, to teach us how to love you, God, to give us ability, grace, and mercy. We love you, Jesus. We honor you. We adore you. We bless you, holy name. Receive all praise, glory, and adoration. I've prayed all this, believing and trusting in your dear son's name. Amen. Amen.